0: Here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favorite episode as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And I hope you're ready to hear what we're talking about here today. You might be. It's my hope. I'm not sure. I can never really be sure. I get the sense that if you're not ready, you're almost ready, though. And it's a great thing when you become ready to hear this, when you become open to hear this. Make no mistake about it. What we're talking about here. ...does take a certain kind of intelligence just to be open to it. So keep that in mind for today's conversation. Keep that in mind with what we're actually talking about right now, which is binary thinking. Are you ready to hear about binary thinking? Are you ready to hear about some of its dynamics, its complexities, its parameters... I hope to reveal these things as we move forward, as we discuss them. I wish this to be clear to you, as it is to me. Binary thinking essentially is when you put things into two categories. And you have these two categories, and you use them for everything. You just put everything into one of the two. And that is binary thinking in a nutshell. Now, of course, with every form of thinking, there are pathological versions of it. And there are productive versions of it. So our job is to understand how binary thinking can be used for good And how it can go wrong. And there are many ways in which people can identify binary thinking and interpret it. And they can also have something to say about it. They can also dismiss it. And also there are many ways in which people can use binary thinking without even knowing it. Use binary thinking without doing it consciously. Now, actually, binary thinking is a structure of thought that we all have. It's actually a component of thought. It's actually a thought pattern that occurs within everyone. And, of course, there are many different ways where we can draw the lines between binary thinking and non-binary thinking. But here we just want to understand some of the ins and outs. And, of course, with all... Here's the here's the bottom line though with all forms of thinking when you reach a certain point they turn inside out there's this moment where you break through and everything becomes multidimensional and multi dynamic and really alive and really fluid and really changing and morphing and binary thinking at that stage becomes part of all the other parts of thinking, and also not just thinking, but also experiencing. But before we get to that stage, well, we need to understand what we're working with. We need to work the, work the road, walk the road towards that breakthrough, towards that moment where you can actually see binary thinking really for what it is. And that includes its delusions, its allusions, and its limits. And also how it functions within your life. How it's actually guiding how you decide to think about things and talk about things. And also how it functions in society and how it works on a collective basis. So, let's look at some examples Let's look at this example from Britney Spears. (laughs) Did you know that Britney Spears has binary thinking? Did you know this? (laughs) Of course, I'm presenting it to you here like it's some very profound, very serious, very complex, serious, very, very, very serious way of thinking or being, which it is, all of those things. But also, it occurs in mainstream culture. It occurs in pop music. So Britney Spears, well, she has this song, famous song, mega song. I mean, she's a mega star, so her songs are mega songs, you could say. But here's this song called Circus. You've probably heard it. And I don't need to play it. It's not. A, I don't really like it that much, to be honest. I'm just using it as an example here. And I'm not going to go through all the lyrics. I'm just going to look at the lyrics that are relevant to what we're talking about which is binary thinking. So what does Britney Spears say in the song Circus? Opening lines of the lyrics. There's only two types of people in the world. The ones that entertain and the ones that observe. Boom. Can you sense that? Can you feel that? There is no arguing with that. She has just laid it out. She's just given it to us. She has given us the definition of humanity, of what it means to be a person. You either entertain or you observe. You're either up on the stage or you're in the audience watching along. Now, of course, this reveals much more about Britney Spears and her personality than it does the nature of existence and reality, but... Does also serve as a wonderful example of binary thinking. Now, in this example, you could say, Well, that's just your interpretation, Brittany. That's just your that's just your personality. And that's a pretty good way to talk about Britney Spears. But also you could say, well, why is the mind wanting to put things into binary terms? Is it just that the mind is lazy? and that's an example that's a that's actually a reasoning that you'll come up with or come up against many times which is that the explanation for something or for the the explanation for why someone thinks the way they do is because they're lazy is their mind their mind is lazy well not the person but they say the mind is lazy and there is something in that there is something in the mind having this vast complexity of reality and not knowing how to make sense of it, so it just puts a binary stamp on it. It says, well, it's either this or it's this. Because in so many ways, well, every single person does seem to fit into this Britney Spears binary way of seeing the world, which is there's there's those that entertain and those that observe. Everyone can fit into either of those two categories. It does work. And that's, that's an important thing to understand about binary thinking is that it works. It does work. And paying special attention to how it works and being understanding that it is effective is an important component of it. It's an important step. Now, she goes on later in the song. I think in the second verse or the third verse, she says, Brittany, ah, Brittany, what are we doing? She says, there's only two types of guys out there. Ones that can hang with me and ones that are scared. Oh, Brittany. Brittany, it's so amazing how it's all about you, isn't it? This one's a little bit more... A little bit more self-centered than putting everybody into the audience and the entertainers' categories. But there's also truth to it. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to hang with Britney Spears. I'm sure she's quite a a character, quite quite a personality. There's probably no one quite like her, and she's probably very high energy. She's a very... I mean, that sort of pop star lifestyle. It's a very high-energy lifestyle. And she's making sense of the men in her life. She's making sense of her ways of relating to people. And, well, you can either hang with me or you can't. And in one sense, you could say, well, she's just being lazy in trying to make sense of all the vast complexities of the relationships that she's got. But then there's a further explanation, which is that she's giving a kind of pronunciation to her thought. And that's what makes this song powerful. That's what this song, well, pop music really, in a sense, is all about. It's about pronunciation. It's about effect. It's about pushing it forward. Britney Spears is trying to grab the microphone and push out this song as a statement and you can sense if you can understand this, this if you can understand the the weight that she's trying to put behind the words, you can get that sense that she's pushing it out. She's really trying. Well, I, I really like this way of saying pronunciation. She's pronounced like when something's pronounced, it's it's really clear. It grabs you. It really hits you. It's like words falling onto your mind with a real effect, with a real dramatic sort of punch. And that's what she's going for. She's trying to punch with these lyrics. You know, these lyrics aren't just coming out of nowhere. They're constructed. They're crafted. They're meticulously designed to have as much effect for the broadest possible audience as possible. And she said, well... There's only two types of guys out there. There's only two kinds of guys out there. The ones that can hang with me or the ones that are scared. And of course, the song's all about her. I mean, it's all about her personality and how she puts on a show. It's a thing of itself, which happens so much in music these days, especially in mainstream music. But it's all about this pronunciation of pushing it out, And that's actually something that's important in the mind. That's actually a component of binary thinking that is trying to draw something to the mind. It's trying to create a quality of the mind. So when you're thinking things in binary, you're actually trying to make things more clear, more solid. You're trying to have a concept make an effect on your mind. So keep that in mind. Keep that as a way of understanding what's happening when you think of things in a binary way. And and think of the other side of it. Think of it think think of like non-binary. Well, non-binary when it hasn't got that kind of pronunciation and affectation that binary thinking has is well, it's kind of fluffy. It's unsure of itself. It's unclear, it's sort of hazy, it's sort of, oh, I don't know, or is this it, or I, I don't have anything to say about this, or I, you know, I can't really have a conversation about this because I haven't thought about it, or these sorts of things. And that's where binary thinking can actually help you with having some pronunciation of thought. You can have a kind of effective thinking. In the way that your mind is structured. So that's a little bit of an example. Now let's look at some other examples. In David Data's book, Way of the Superior Man, he says that life is either a challenge or a celebration. That's an easy binary thinking structure that can apply to everything. And it can actually be quite practical, because if you can remember that in every moment, you can say, well, are we celebrating, or are we being challenged right now? And what's happening right now is you listen to me. Are you being challenged? Are you kind of having to work at something? Are you having something happen within you? Or is it a celebration? Is it a kind of playful, (laughs) ha, ha, ha? (laughs) I <laughs> kind of see see I, I start to giggle when I think of celebration. I think get a little bit silly, <laughs> and isn't it funny that that's that's what happens just by thinking just by talking about it that's what happens, but in so many times in life, we can fall into this binary thing of having a challenge or having a celebration. And if you can recognize as much, well, that makes it so much clearer what you have to do. Because if you are in a challenge, well, you've got to do the work. You've got to step up. You've got to grit your teeth. You've got to get on with it. You've got to keep going. You've got to be a better man, be a better woman. You've got to help those around you. You've got to take those parts of you which are the better parts of you. You've got to let go of your lower self let go of your selfish desires, let go of your laziness, let go of your frustrations and you quite simply just have to get going, you have to get on with it, you have to do what is required and you have to realize that you know what's required to do it, to overcome the challenge, to do the work, to get things done, to make it through And all that is rising to the challenge, recognizing that this is a moment of challenge. And on the other side, you can say, well, life is a celebration. It's time to smile. It's time to laugh. It's time to let go of being determined. It's time to just be and enjoy the moment. It's time to relax. It's time to acknowledge the great things that you've achieved. It's time to acknowledge the beauty of things. It's time to really allow yourself the fullness of life. It's time to relish in your experiences, indulge in your experiences. It's time to feast. It's time to... Give in to just what it is exactly that you want right now. And so many things fall in those two categories. It's really, it's really a good example of an effective, practical, binary thinking. And that comes from David Data in his book, Way of the Superior Man. I have no affiliate marketing, by the way. I'm just talking about it because... It's interesting. And another, another sort of similar one which is related is, is the masculine and feminine. So I don't want to overload you with a whole bunch of examples because binary thinking is not just necessarily having two different polar opposites. It's not quite the same as polarizing thinking or even paradoxical thinking. Now with paradoxical thinking you have two parts which are opposing but you you also have the third part which reconciles the both. Reconciles them both. And I've got a whole conversation on paradoxical thinking. I think I called it 4D paradoxes explained or something. I think it's like a two-part conversation where I actually go through and list a whole bunch of paradoxes. Now, that's similar. That's similar to binary thinking, but binary thinking has a kind of absolutism to it. It has a kind of, this is all of the things that can be equated to these two things, and everything can be equated to to these two things. So, that's how it's different to paradoxical thinking, because a paradox is something that exists within a larger array of kinds of thinking Whereas binary thinking is absolute. And in that sense, well, binary thinking is a trap. If all you've got is this one thing, like if you're living out your life, like there's only two types of people in this world, those that entertain and those that observe, well, you're really going to be struggling with that. You're really going to struggle to fit everything into just those two things. And if you're thinking in binary terms then you are going to have this binary, which is absolute, and you are going to keep trying to just fit things into it. And that will be your anguish. That will be your pain. That will be your frustration. Whereas if you understand binary thinking as simply a tool of the mind, simply a tool of thought, and you understand it as something different to paradoxical thinking and different to binary thinking with absolutism, so this would be a non-absolute binary thinking, then it can be wonderful. It can be a great tool for you. It's not an anguish. It's actually something that is quite useful and in many ways essential. So that's a little bit about the dynamics. And it is important... I'll stress again to understand that all modes of thought only fit within larger modes of thought. So in the past, we've talked about linear thinking. And linear thinking, like binary thinking, is an anguish if you take it unto itself. And yet it's also essential for what comes next. You need to understand linear thinking to understand network thinking. So network thinking is like the spider web. Linear thinking is the piece of string that goes from one end to the other. Whereas network thinking is pieces of spider web that all go out to all the different parts. And we've also talked about paradoxical thinking and spectrum thinking and multidimensional thinking in, in all its different ways. So this binary thinking is another sort of tool in our kit. And it's important that you recognize it as such. And it is possible to actually not understand this. It is actually possible to say, look, I don't like binary thinking. I don't like putting things into masculine and feminine. I don't like putting things into, you know, right and wrong, because things are more complex. But you see, there in that is the trap. Because it's possible to say, I don't like binary thinking because it doesn't understand the complexity of the situation. And yet, that in itself becomes a barrier to your understanding of the complexity of the situation. Because when someone understands binary thinking and they use it as a small tool it still appears as an absolute tool now we could sit down brittany spears and we could have a probably an intelligent conversation well i don't know what that would be like but if we really talk to her about her view of the world and we said now brittany do you really think that now really really brittany 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 come on do you really think there's only those that observe and those that entertain and what, what does that really mean to you? What are you trying to say there? Are you saying that it's better to entertain? Obviously, you've said that. You seem to live your life like that. But aren't there other ways of thinking about it? And even in Britney Spears, I think we would find that there are different ways of thinking. There are different ways of explaining things. Now, How conscious they are to her. How conscious she is of them herself. Well, that's another question, and it might be, I don't know Britney Spears, it might be that she does simply insist on the binary, and she is in that anguish. People do live in the anguish of binary thinking in an absolute way. But that's not to be confused with the people that understand binary thinking as a simple tool as an isolated mechanism of thought. And they still use it and still understand how to work with it within a larger context and in relation to other modes of thought like linear thinking and network thinking. And actually, you could say to Brittany, well, you know, those who observe those who, you know, she's given this, this dichotomy of those that entertain and those that observe. Well, it's actually the mystics that observe. It's actually the people that meditate that observe. The people that observe have a kind of heightened perception. And it requires observation to come into understanding of anything. To learn anything requires observation. And to require to acquire self-knowledge it requires self-observation you need to perceive yourself not just with the senses but with those extra senses observation runs deep observation of the mystics is something that abs- absolutely opens them to existence And in many ways opens them to God. Observation can lead to really quite profound raptures. Quite profound breakthroughs. And it's really in the juice of life that you want to observe. You want to see what's happening. You want to smell the air. You want to taste the air. You want to feel on your skin that kind of receptivity. Yes, observing is really... Really something very powerful. And yet Brittany, what a sweetheart she is, has posed that with entertaining. And of course I love entertaining. I'm an entertainer myself, so don't expect me to just start ratting on the entertainers. But it's not like observing, because entertaining is, well, it's a a pushing out. It's a real sort of extroversion characteristic or quality. And entertaining doesn't really... I can't see how entertaining can lead to self-knowledge. I can't really see how it can lead to a deeper understanding with reality and awakening... And an opening to God or spirit, at least not in the way that observing does. No way is it in the same league as observing. And of course, there are ways to entertain and use that as a practice. I mean, I'm doing that right now. My way of entertaining is my a component of spiritual practice. My career is... My way of coming into reality. And that involves a kind of entertainment. But entertainment unto itself, and of course, entertainment in the way that Britney Spears does it. Well, that can't be compared to the observation of a mystic. There's just no comparison with which one is more effective and which one is... Leading to the deeper juice of life. It's quite obvious to me. So those are some thoughts. And there is, there is one more example that I've got. And I hope by this point in the conversation, I've made it clear what binary thinking is. And this example, this last example that I'd like to share with you It's something that counts as something that I wished was more pronounced in me. It's something that's not exactly quite clear to me, or it's only just becoming clear to me. It's only recently become clear to me, and I wish it would be more pronounced. So that's why I'm putting it into this binary thinking model. And... It's to do with the nature of someone. It's to do with the the real essence that someone is living inside of. And this is of tremendous importance to me. This is of great significance and interest to me, particularly over the last few years. So if I was to take one binary, core binary thing, and say, I'm going to use that as my sort of foundation, at least as something to experiment with over the next few weeks, if not a life principle, then it would be this. It would be that there's two kinds of people in the world. Those that carry a cloud and those that glow. And I've seen that in myself and I've seen that in others. And to say a little bit about what it means to carry a cloud is well it's a kind of gloom. It's a kind of faint worry. It's a subtle kind of anxiety in the air, and it comes with a kind of body posture, it comes with a kind of tone of voice, it comes with a kind of very subtle facial expression, and it takes a fair amount, a very large amount of awareness to not only see this in yourself, but to see it in others. And for some people, it's very obvious. Some people, they are definitely carrying a cloud. And it's a black cloud. And you know what's happening for those people. You know the sort of essence they're embodying when you see it in them. And we all have a kind of anxiety. We all have a kind of problem. We all have to deal with the cloud... And how it hangs around us. And so often so many people. Live in that cloud. They have it. Around them all the time. And it's always there. And they can't see it for themselves. And on the other side of this. There is the glow. And these are the just. Beautiful people. That have come out of their cloud. These are the people that have radiance, they have a warmth, they have a kindness. And they're not hung up about their problems, about their unfulfilled desires, about their regrets, about their past traumas. And all the vastness and the complexity that goes with having glow is never really so obvious, so apparent, and maybe that's why there is glow, that's why these people have glow, it's something very simple, and very subtle, and very difficult really to say anything about, and that's why we call it a glow, you just say, wow, you're glowing, yeah, that person's got the glow, and I can think of a lot of people who have got quite an amazing glow. I've been very fortunate. I'm very thankful to have met these people and to be friends with some of these people. These people that have glow. And of course, I wish that for myself. I wish that for you. I wish that for everyone. And I recognize that, well, we do have a cloud within us. We do have a cloud to contend with. And it's our journey, really. It's our job to understand that. Like how easy it is to understand that. And just ask yourself today, are are you living in the cloud? Have you got a cloud hanging over you? Or are you just allowing the glow to come through? I mean, what's it like when your glow comes through? What sort of things do you say to people? when you're glowing, when you feel good, when you're happy. These are all synonymous, really. When you're you're upbeat, when you feel like things are going your way. What does your face look like? What sort of thoughts do you have? What sort of body posture do you have? What is your walk like? How fast do you walk and how much spring is in your step? And if anything, you can take home from this lesson today in binary thinking is that, well, you can use it as an example. And I suggest that you use my example. Think up your own examples. Think up your own binary ways of thinking about things, of course. But maybe just start with this one and just ask yourself, are you living from the cloud? Or are you living... With the glow. And that's all I have to say. For now. I don't think I would be afraid to have a conversation with Britney Spears.